Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I believe that you are hungry for the Word of God. I would like to share the Word of God with you tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the Word, the food of our spirit. And Lord, we believe that every scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit and is good for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that all of your disciples will be thoroughly equipped to do every good deed. We respect and honor the word of God and we want to learn from you. May the best teacher The Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see what you want to reveal to us. Open our ears to hear what you want to say. And open our heart to receive this wonderful truth. Lord, we bless you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Tonight, I would like to talk about the Holy Spirit, the wind of the Spirit, and also talk about revival. We call the meeting tonight revival service. I have been in revival personally for many years. Since 1996, I entered the first revival in my life. I became a Christian in 1980, 81, around that time, but I did not go into revival until 1996. And since then, I have not stopped. And I'm still running 200 miles an hour with the revival. Everywhere I go, I'm going to bring revival over there. Right now, it starts to happen in Switzerland and in Germany. Oh, by the way, one sister from Switzerland who got touched by the fire of revival came to a meeting in Thailand. And she shared with the whole congregation that uh, one lady came into the meeting with uh, terminal stage cancer. And God touched her. And after that, she got healed totally. Yes. Praise God. And this is interesting. There was another woman who separated from the husband, and the husband moved to another city. This is a true story. The husband moved to another city and stayed with another woman. The family broke down. So she ended up living with a man who was not her husband for many years. And she came to the meeting. I was not there. This is their old revival meeting. The Holy Spirit was moving in Switzerland. This lady came, got saved, and the fire of God touched her. Demons come out of her. After she came out from the meeting, she said that, I don't know why, what happened to me. I did not want to stay with this man any longer. And I want to go to church now. I wanted to stop doing wrong things. She really was turned around by the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Stop sinning, stop doing wrong things. Within only one weekend, she totally changed by the move of God, by the fire of God. This happened all over the world. And I believe it can happen in America if we are people of faith and hungry for the things of God. So tonight, I would like to talk about the function or the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the result or the outcome of revival. But before I share the personal experience and also what the Bible says, I would like to read 
many passages of the scripture to show you that revival is a prophecy in the Bible. Revival, the awakening, the people turn back to Jesus, have passion for God again, love God and serve God fully, is prophesized in both the Old and the New Testament. You, know, you need to understand that many words in the Old Testament are symbolic of today's church. You cannot just say Zion and Zion, but many, many words that represent something spiritually today. For example, the high mountain of God means the kingdom of God or the church that is definitely in the kingdom with the thick presence of God, with high faith, like a triumphant church or victorious church. Or the word Zion means the church today. So many things in the Bible that we read is just symbolic word, spiritual meaning of today. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 20 to 23. Thus say the Lord, this is the prophecy, the promise of God. Thus say the Lord of hosts, people shall yet come. So people will come into the kingdom more. Inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another. So the person from Seattle will go to Frankfurt to preach the gospel. We'll go to another city, saying, let us continue to go and pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. This word doesn't mean the real physical Jerusalem, but it means the house of God, the place where people come to worship God today and to pray before the Lord. Thus said the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is a picture of revival that a lot of people turn toward God. A lot of people are on fire, love to be in the house of God, love to go and worship and pray and serve the Lord. And that's what I'm seeing right now in Thailand, in many cities that people really turn around, come out from idolism and worship God now, and they're on fire for God. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 to 8. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house, the mountain of the Lord's house, the church that is high in faith and victorious church, shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many salvation, many souls saved, many people turn to God, revival. Many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. Talking about the church, the infant church, victorious church, he will teach us his ways. God's people who are in revival are hungry for the word of God, like to learn the way of God. And we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth. Thank God for the internet. Thank God for iTunes. Thank God for YouTube. That the word of God shall go forth by internet, by CD and MP3. Everywhere people can hear the word of God now. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. 
they shall beat their sword into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Like our church, international church, Korean can get along with Japanese, Thai can get along with Laotian, American can get along with African. All these nations can come together, worship the Lord, and they don't fight. They don't pull our sword and fight each other. There is peace and love among the nations in revival. Amen? But everyone shall sit under his wide and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. There is no fear in revival church. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of his God. But we, they worship idols, but we, people who are in revival, will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, say the Lord, I will assemble the lamb. I will gather the outcasts and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lamb a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion, the church, from now on and even forever. God going to gather people who look simple, who are humble, simple people, people who are humble and seek the Lord will come and God will heal them and God will use them in the end time revival. And you, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come. The kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. God going to give reigning authority to the church of God. We command demon have to go. Amen. When I cast out demon in this trip, I don't have to yell. I just say, hey, go out right now. And anytime the demon talk to me, I'm not going. I just look at the name tag. Okay, for example, her name is Helen. I will say, Helen, I speak to your spirit. You tell the demon to leave right now. And Helen, believe me, and demon left. I use reigning authority, the authority of heaven to command the sickness, to command demon, to command problem, to go out of people's life. Amen? That is revival. Let's look at Isaiah 32, verse 15. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. This is a prophetic picture that God will pour out the Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the fire, the glory, which will bring revival. And the dry land, the wilderness, going to turn into the fruitful land, the church that is dry. You need to understand, revival can happen at three levels. Individuals, church level, and city or national level. So revival can happen only to you in your church. But other people don't care about it. They don't care. But you got revival. Or happen in the church level. The whole church get into revival or get into the whole city. God said that the wilderness, people who are dry, the church that is dry, will become a fruitful field, will produce fruit. 
get people saved, to see more miracles and things happen in their life. How it happens? You need to welcome the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible say. Joel chapter two, twenty-eight to twenty-nine, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants, and on my maid servants, both Christian men and Christian women, have the right to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Also, my men servant, and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Joel prophesied about the end time revival, which started. In the book of Acts, chapter two, when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came upon the disciple in the upper room, it's interesting that many thousand people follow Jesus. They get fed by Jesus. They got healed. They got their miracles. Why were there only 120 people in the upper rooms? Is it interesting? Where were those thousand of people? Where were those who received free fish? And free loaf. When Jesus multiplied the five loaf and two fish, where were they? So what I understand here is that not every Christian wants revival. Many Christians are complacent, easygoing. I'm fine. I'm saved. I can just live my own life. I believe in Jesus. I don't care about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't care about being touched by God. I don't care about being mature or grow up. In the way of God, definitely there will be Christians who don't care about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But there are Christians who are hungry enough to press in, like the 120 people. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, now the prophecy become fulfilled. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everyone says suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. And one sat upon each of them. In the upper room, the Holy Spirit came as a wind and came as the fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, when revival happened, it's quite loud. The sirens, the fire of God came, the sirens came on. It's loud. There is no quiet revival. The revival is loud. People can hear the sound of revival. The multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, 
Egypt and the parts of Libya, adjoining Syrian visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own languages the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. These people were drunk in the Holy Spirit. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, which means 9 a.m., but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. You remember, I just read Joel chapter 2. The prophecy regarding the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was first fulfilled in the upper room, Acts chapter 2. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has not stopped yet. God has not shut heaven yet. God still pour out His Spirit in this century and this generation. Amen? Jesus gave us the picture from all these scriptures and passages of the Bible that revival is for the New Testament church. In fact, the New Testament church, the first church in Jerusalem, was birthed in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was not birthed by a committee that sit together and make plan how we're going to build a church. It was birthed by revival. And that is happening in Thailand where I went for mission trip every three to four months. We have a group of people came, get saved, get touched by God. They went back home. They could not sit still. They came back to me and say, we wanted to start a church because we want to serve God now. So the churches were started by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not by a committee who tried to figure it out by human little brain how to build a church but by the power of God. As Jesus has not returned yet, his churches constantly need revival or the move of God. Constantly need revival. Revival is like taking a shower. As long as you are in this physical body, you will always need to take a bath. How many people agree with me? If you don't agree, I'm going to stay away from you. <laughs> as long as we live in this physical body, we always need to take a bath. No matter how well you scrubbed your body in the bathtub yesterday, a day will come that you need to take a bath again. The same thing with our spiritual life. We need to be bathed in the glory. We need to be touched and cleansed and transformed by the fire of God and by the wind of God on a regular basis. It's like taking a shower. You need revival on a regular basis. That is the reason why I keep going back to Thailand every three to four months to bring the fire of God to touch people, to help people to take a bath in the Holy Spirit. In fact, even I myself, after I was soaked in five meetings last week, I admit to you, on Sunday afternoon I came home, I noticed something changed in me. Big time. I'm still being changed by the fire of God from glory to glory. Even I myself have been a 
a Christian for more than 30 years and have been in revival since 1996, God still changed me after I was soaked in the presence of God for five services. I noticed something changed in me already. I, I knew and I knew that God touched me. When I lay hand on people, God touched me at the same time. You see, I need to take a bath myself. I need something changed in my life as well. Amen? Revival is God's revealing himself afresh. Revival means that the manifest presence of God come and visit the church and touch his people. Revival causes God's people to have a renewed, everyone say renewed. We need to be renewed all the time. Is that right? That's why you charge battery. How many people are concerned that your cell phone will be out of battery? How many people charge your cell phone every day? Oh, if your cell phone is dead, you feel like the world is collapsed. <laughs> Actually, I forgot my cell phone today when I drove here. I don't have my cell phone. If the hospital pays me, what am I going to do? I feel like I am in trouble. So that's why you charge your cell phone all the time. The same thing, we need to be renewed. Revival brings a renewed experience of God's manifest presence. You really experience that God is so real to you. Right now, if people come to me and say, I'm going to give you $10 million and you quit believing in Jesus, I say, bye-bye. I don't care about your $10 million because God has touched me and I know God is so real. I'm happy to live for God now. It's a renewed experience of the presence of God. Revival brings a renewed hunger for the Word of God. It brings a renewed interest in worship, prayer, and praise, and fellowship, and service for the Lord. It brings a renewed passion for Jesus Christ. The longer you stay in revival, the more love that you have for Jesus. You become a lover of God. You love him even more. That's why the revival or the fire of God never hurts the church. It only builds the church. Amen? Churches all over the world, not only in Seattle, need revival. Constant touch of the wind and the fire of God. If you notice carefully, after I've been in a revival for a long time, I notice that many Christians have backslidden from God unknowingly. Some of them even move away. They were in revival, but because of their hardened heart or lukewarmness, they move away from the move of God. And whenever Christians start to enjoy the things of the world, lose the hunger, and become complacent, and take the presence of God and the move of God for granted, then they're on the road to backsliding. We have to be careful. If you want to keep your spiritual life on fire all the time, loving Jesus, go banana for Jesus all the time, you need to value the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which will keep you in revival for the rest of your life. Amen? People who take the presence of God for granted will say this way, oh, we have seen that before. Oh, we have experienced that touch of God one time. I don't need it anymore. I have graduated. I don't need more touch of God. There is no one graduated in the church yet. I haven't seen even one. 
you know, graduation means in the kingdom. It means you become totally like Jesus Christ. How many people in this room become totally like Jesus Christ now? No one. In your attitude, in your words, that you have the anointing that you can lay hand on every sick and they all get healed. You can cast out every demon. You can love even your enemy that's going to hang you on the cross. Can you do that? Not yet. It means that you are still a long way to go through revival, to go through renewal, 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 revival, renewal, until you become more like Jesus Christ. Amen? Never stop. Revival should not stop. And this kind of spirit, this kind of attitude of complacency and treat the presence of God, treat the move of God as a common thing happened even in the Old Testament. You remember, God delivered the children of Israel with his powerful and mighty hand. After that, they came out from Egypt and they got water from the rock. They could eat meat from heaven, quail, God performed miracle. God led them by the pillar of cloud during the daytime and also the pillar of fire at nighttime. Wow, can you imagine if this happened to today? How are you going to feel? You see the pillar of cloud in front of the church every single day. And then suddenly, bird dropped from the heaven and you can eat. Was it a miracle? God split the red sea in front of your eyes. But you know what happened to these children of Israel? They took the miracle and the presence of God for granted. They complained. They grumbled. They kept telling Moses and God, we want to go back to Egypt. They did not have the fear of God. They did not care what God wants to do. The only thing they care is about my feeling. And I want my way. They don't even care about the presence of God. One time, God spoke to Moses. God was so mad at the children of Israel at that time. God said, okay, I'm going to send an angel with you to the land of Canaan, the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. And Moses said, I will not go to the promised land unless you go with me. You see, the whole millions of people, only a few, a handful of people love the presence of God. Now you understand why the revival meeting is not a popular thing in the civilized country because people rather watch TV football game right now instead of coming to seek the Lord. But Moses was the man that God called friend, my friend, because he was seeking the presence of God. These children of Israel did not realize the importance of the glory of the Lord. Should we be that way in this generation? Should we desire to flow with the Holy Spirit? Should we be hungry to see and to experience the move of God all the days of our life. I hope that our members in this church will not take the move of God for granted. You say that I see this every Sunday. Oh, another one. I don't care. I hope you don't treat the presence of God for granted. We can choose to either follow traditions or programs, or we're going to follow the wind of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us what to do. And this even happened in your job. You can follow the Holy Spirit in your workplace. You can follow the Holy Spirit on the road. You don't follow the program, but follow the Holy Spirit. We should press in to the realm of the Spirit. Revival never hurts the church. It turns her, mean the church, away from backsliding 
and lukewarmness. And ultimately, when God's people are on fire, have the passion for Jesus, they will go out and witness, and they will begin to lay hand on the sick, and they perform miracle, and the soul will come into the kingdom of God as the prophecy that we read in Micah, Isaiah, and Joel, all these things happen because God's people are touched by the fire or the wind of the Holy Spirit. The revival brings the church back to the first love for Jesus Christ. It brings people back to God's way. It helps people to be hungry for God's work, for prayer and prayers and worship and for fellowship. Do you think God wants to see his people fall in love with Jesus again? Do you think God, God wants to see the church become lukewarm and backsliding and just go to church as a tradition instead of going with the passion for Jesus? Not keep looking at the watch when the service is going to be done, but hungry to be in the presence of God. When we are in revival, we're going to be hungry for the word. We're going to love to fellowship with brother and sister. We don't want to go home. Most churches in revival in the third world country, they stay from 8 a.m. until late at night. They don't want to go home. They want just to stay in the presence of God all day. They love to fellowship. They eat together. They study the Bible in the afternoon. They all just stay in the church all day long. But backsliding church, one and a half hour. Hey, when are you going to finish? I want to see football game right now. I want to get out of here. You may think that that is normal, but that is not normal. Can you imagine? I just called my wife. She's still in Thailand before I came. And I did not want to hang up the phone. I kept telling her, I miss you so much. I love you. How are you? I miss you. I, I don't want to put the telephone down. I, just, I want to keep talking to her. I really miss my wife. This has been the third week now. She is in Thailand. Can you imagine if I pick up the phone and talk to Pastor Da for three seconds and say, hey, hey, I'm busy. I need to hang up now. I need to watch a football game right now. I'm too busy. I don't want to talk to you. Hang up the phone. Is that revival in my house? No. I'm going to be in trouble. I may sleep on the couch. Why Christian treat Jesus that way? You come to church for a few minutes and you start to get jittery. Oh, when are you going to be done? I need to go home right now. I have a telephone call, important business call. I don't care about Jesus. That is a sign of being a backslider. Amen? The move of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the glory, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will bring God's people back to the first love for Jesus Christ. And that's what happened to me in 1996 when I was touched by the fire of God in Portland, Oregon, the first time in my life. And that totally turned me around to be on fire to today. Let me read Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read from verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth, mean God's voice, then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Everyone say, shake. Now this yet once more indicate the removal of those things. Everyone say, removal of those things. You shake to remove something out of the container. Okay? Are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken be remain, may remain. In our life, there are two things. 
The things of the kingdom cannot be shaken. It will remain. But the things of the flesh, the things of hell, the things of the world system, the things of demon and Satan can be shaken by the hand of God. Okay? I'm going to come to the end here. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Revival. In revival, God sent his fire to come in to your life. And he will shake you. When he shakes you, when he consumes you, what happens is that the work of the flesh is going to start to be revealed in your life. Your wrong habit, your wrong attitude, your sinful habit or lifestyle that was, has been hidden. You can go to church for 20 years, sit in your chair, and the pastor doesn't know that you watch pornography and you cheat money in the company and you flirt with a, your secretary. You, no one knows. Only God knows. Even the pastor doesn't know. Your wife doesn't know. But when the fire of God touch you, the fire will shake you. And you get out from the presence of God and you say, Oops, oh, I was watching pornography last night. You're going to come to a conviction. The fire of God will bring you to a conviction. He's going to show you. He's going to reveal to you. Like when you have the light turned on, you're going to see cockroaches all on the floor. When it's dark, you don't see anything. Cockroaches can run around the room, but you don't see them. But when the light turns on, when the fire of God comes into your life, boom, you see your sinful habit, your wrong attitude. And then you have to make a decision whether you're going to repent, get right with God or not. You have these two choices. you stubborn. And you say, I need to leave this church. I don't like this kind of meeting. I want to stay on my own flesh. I want to please my flesh and leave the church. I don't have a lot of problem in my church because I preach very strong. So if people cannot handle, they leave anyway. And so I don't have to deal with a lot of carnality in this church. People who come in with a wrong attitude, they have to leave because they could not stand my preaching. Or two, because I lay hand and the fire of God move, either they repent and get well or they leave. Two choices. You repent, you get rid of that bad attitude, wrong habit, or sinful lifestyle, and then what happened? The Holy Spirit, the move of God, the consuming fire will give you the power to be able to overcome that sinful habit in your life. He will not only reveal your sinful nature and habit on the flesh that hide under the carpet, and now everything exposed to God. He will show to you. Actually, that's happened to me a lot. When I got touched by the fire, God started to show me, uh, 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 son, you don't treat your wife correctly. Uh, 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 you have bad attitude. Then I repent right away. Then I change and God give me the power to be able to overcome those things. Psalm chapter 68 verse 2. As smoke is driven away, talking about the wind, the wind can push the smoke away, so drive them away as wax melts before the fire. So the Holy Spirit is compared to the wind, move the smoke away. The smoke is not good. Is that right? When you smoke cigarette, the smoke come out, you try to 
push it away by the wind. Wax melt before the fire. The Holy Spirit is compared to the fire. So let the wicked, let the wicked things perish at the presence of God. The devil is not concerned much about you going to church every Sunday, one and a half hour, sing three hymns and three hers, and listen to sermon for 15 minutes and go home. He doesn't care. You stay on your own salvation until you die. But he cares when the Holy Spirit starts to move and touch you. When the fire moves, when the wind blows on you, the wicked things in your life start to show up. And either you get rid of it or you're going to walk away. You either keep it and walk away out of the room or you're going to let the Lord melt it, blow it away from you, and you become more holy. If you respond to the fire, if you respond to the consuming fire of God, the fear of God will come into your life. You desire the presence of God. You want to change. You want to be the right kind of disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to be a real Christian, not just a fakey verbal Christian, but your life is a mess in sin. You want to be real with God. Then you will love the cloud of glory. You're going to love the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You will love the wind and the fire of God to come in and show you what is wrong inside you and say, God, I repent. Could you please touch me, change me, heal me? I'm going to stop doing the things that I used to do. I'm going to stop being wicked like I used to be. We need the wind of God. And when God touches and reveals to us, we make a decision to repent, then we start to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. You have a choice to follow three voices. Your own voice, which is the voice of the flesh. Or you follow the voice of the Spirit of God. And number three, you follow the voice of demons. I make a choice to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. In the fire, you can hear the voice of the Spirit clearly. And you can follow that voice. That's why God gives the history of the children of Israel, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And the children of Israel follow the pillar of cloud and fire everywhere. It means that we have to follow the glory of God. We need to hear the voice of God and follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Once you can do that, you can live a holy life. You can have victory in life because the Holy Spirit will lead you to victory. The things that you used to do, you're going to do something wrong, you heard the voice, uh, 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 stop. You back off and you don't do it anymore. You stop doing the wrong thing that you have been doing for years and years. Temptation that used to overcome you and control you cannot have that grip on your life anymore. You live a victorious life. You're going to have a union with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're going to walk a life with God. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Not just only Sunday, one and a half hour that you look like a Christian. But the rest of the week, you look like a heathen, a non-believer. You're going to walk with the Spirit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you are in the fire, when you are led by the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud, you're going to be a real Christian Every single day. Because you follow God. You have a union relationship with God. The things that used to control you. The sinful nature that used to 
overcome your lifestyle will be put away by the fire of God. It will be burned. The wax will be burned. Smoke will be pushed away by the wind of God. The wind of God will blow away your sin and bondage. How many people want to live that way? Live a holy life that God help you. That's why revival is so important. And when you are hit by the fire, you begin to wake up and say, "I want to serve the Lord now. I'm not going to just go to church on Sunday, warm the seat, and go home. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of the great commission. I want to serve the Lord." And eventually, you become the light to the sinners, and many people will get saved through your life. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what to do every single day. Amen. Actually, when I talk to my patients, I put the antenna up and listen to God. Actually, it just happened today. One man, he needed a surgery in his neck. He went to see three neurosurgeons. I'm the third one, and he was very confused because the other two spoke. In a different way, and when he met me and I look at the film, the Holy Spirit told me exactly what to say. One, two, three, four. After he listened, he said, "This is exactly what I need to hear. I choose you. You know why? Because I listened to the Holy Spirit, and I spoke exactly what other neurosurgeon missed or gave the wrong information. I did not know what other neurosurgeon say, but I just say exactly what the Holy Spirit say." And the man was so satisfied; he got all the answer from the Holy Spirit in me. You see, you follow the Holy Spirit 24/7, and it will help you in your job. Revival is not just about revival service, get touched, laugh, and fall down, and all these things. No, every day it impacts even your eating. Sometimes when I start to eat sugar, too much sugar, the Holy Spirit told me, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, you want to live a long life? No, 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 no. Stop right now." So I have to put that chocolate down and walk away. Amen. Sometimes the Holy Spirit warns me: Go drink water. You don't drink enough today. Every single day, God will deal with you. The life in revival is a life that is led by the Holy Spirit all day long. Is it wonderful? The Holy Spirit will give us deep conviction, and that's why it's easy to pastor the church in revival. Because the pastor, like me, doesn't have to beat people's head to repent, but the Holy Spirit will beat your head for me, so I don't have to keep counseling. I don't need to do inner healing. In the Bible, I can see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Demon come out. Jesus just lay hand and chup, God just touch them, get rid of all this junk out of them one time. Amen. Jesus just go heal. One word. Done. <laughs> I just get people in the fire, burn them up by the fire of God. Amen. The Holy Spirit will point finger into your life. Uh, this area you need to change. This area you need to repent. This area you need to improve. You need to go this direction. When the Holy Spirit keep moving in your life, you will depend on Him more and more, and you will depend on your own strength less and less. What is the key to stay in revival? What is the key to enter into revival? That happened to me. I became a Christian 1981. I tried to study the Bible. I became a pastor for the Baptist Church. I got filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue. Then I served God in the charismatic church. But I was so dry. I was so desperate. Why I still have problem with my wife? I still have problem with my own sinful nature. 
I wonder. I keep asking God. Wonder why I did not live a life like the what Bible say. We call abundant life. Give life and give it more abundantly. Now I have abundant life after revival. Then I became more hungrier and hungrier. God, show me what I miss in my life. Until one day, God told me, "Go to that meeting in Portland, Oregon." I did, and the fire of God hit me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. Since that day on, God said, "Don't come out from there. Stay in the glory. Stay in the fire." Amen. What ignite God's people into the revival? The answer is very simple: hunger, hunger. You need to be hungry for the things of God. If you are full already, with money, reputation, everything, you're not hungry for God. Then you're not interested in revival. You feel that oh, I have a nice big church, nice carpet. I have a nice worship team. You know, I tell you the truth. The reason I delay all this remodeling in this church. Purposefully too, is that I want to train the, the member in this church not to cling onto the material. Nice carpet, nice chair, nice worship team, nice piano. We should cling to the presence of God. Amen. Even we worship in the jungle without big, nice, beautiful building. We still love God. We still hungry for the things of God. But if we are so filled with all this worldly thing, all the material things, the hunger will go away. Because we don't need him anymore, amen. If we are hungry for television program more than God, we cannot be in revival. We need to make a choice: we gonna be hungry for God, or we gonna be hungry for other things in the world. And when the wind of God blows into your life, it will bring great transformation. When a hurricane runs through a city, you think people will know? Yeah. You think the landscape will be changed? You think that everything will look different after a hurricane runs through a city? Yeah, it's not quiet. Revival is like a hurricane. It comes to you, and it's going to change your landscaping. It's going to change your life. It's going to transform you upside down. It's going to turn you around. You're going to be on fire. You're going to love Jesus more than before. The fire was sent to transform you. From lukewarm disciple into on fire disciple, it will blow the church, blow individuals and the city and the countries. We need the fire of God. We need to be changed by the fire of God, not just by nice preaching. Okay, what we need to do is to be hungry and repent and allow God to have free reign to change in our life. Every time you come to the altar like a living sacrifice, and God send the fire of God into your life, you yield for Him to change you, to deal with you, to transform you. Ezekiel chapter thirty-six verses twenty-five to twenty-six. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. What is clean water? Holy Spirit. I will sprinkle clean water, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you shall be clean. God wants to change us to be a clean vessel. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. That's why the church need the taking a bath, need revival, need the fire, need the wind, need the rain of the Holy Spirit. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, 
and give you a heart of flesh. We come to Him and yield and hungry for the cleansing water of God, and let Him clean your heart. Why He need to clean your heart? I noticed one thing. That at certain age you need to start to check EKG on a regular basis. You need to check your cholesterol and blood pressure, because these three things, if they are abnormal, you die sooner. It shortens your life. If your heart doesn't work well, your high cholesterol and your blood pressure is high, your life definitely will be short. I can guarantee, because I've seen that every single day, people die of high blood pressure, people die of heart attack. God say, "I want to deal with your heart. You need to check your heart, and God want to change the heart with arrhythmia into the right heart. God want to get rid of cholesterol, the wrong thing in your life. God want to get your blood pressure in a normal level. You love God more. God say, "I send the fire into you, and give you a new heart, give you a new spirit. Every time you get touched by the fire of God, God is doing something in you." Renew you, with a new heart. Correct you, adjust your heartbeat a little bit, to make you more like Jesus Christ. God will enable you and empower you to be able to live according to the Word of God. Is it wonderful to be in revival? That God do some heart operation all the time, change you inside. Not only heart operation, but also today one of my patient came to me. She's a woman. She asked me, "Where are you gonna cut?" I said, "Cut here." And before she leave my room, she asked a question. Can I ask you one more question? I said, "Sure." Can you do liposuction at the same time? <laughs> she said, "Can you remove some fat at the same time?" I said, "I need to go back to be trained as a plastic surgeon. I don't know how to do liposuction, but the file of God can do. The file of God can do the bypass of your heart and also." Plastic surgery. He's gonna decorate your spirit to be more beautiful, more loving, more faith, more humble, more soft. That's why the Bible say that he's gonna take the heart of stone. He's gonna take some wrinkle out of you and give you a heart of flesh. He's gonna do both plastic surgery and correction surgery at the same time. Amen. How many people think need plastic surgery? Okay, I don't look at you. <laughs> That's why revival brings holiness to the church. It gives power to you to overcome the things of the flesh, to overcome the things of demons, and to overcome the things of the world system. We have three enemies. You know that every Christian has three enemies: your flesh, your sinful nature, Satan and demons, and the world system. The revival, the fire of God, will give you power to kick out demons, kick out the world system and the work of the flesh, so that you become more like Jesus. You're gonna walk in the Spirit more. You become more like Jesus, walking in the Spirit. You should walk in the Spirit 24/7. First Peter chapter one verse two: Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. The Father in sanctification of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing sanctifying work. There are two words. Let me explain you to you quickly. There are two words here: sanctification 
which mean that God practically, experientially come and clean you up to be like Jesus in the real way, in the practical way, sanctification. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. You become like Jesus. Another word called justification. Justification is not sanctification. Justification means you have the position of righteousness by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus did the job. He died. He shed his blood and gave you a new position. When I passed the test to become American citizen, I still eat rice and bun thit nương. I haven't eaten too much American food yet. But by position, I become American citizen. Justification is a position of being a righteous in Christ Jesus. But you may be still sinning. You may be still short-tempered and angry and jealous. Have a jealousy in your heart. But sanctification means come in and get rid of this jealousy. Get rid of complaining attitude. Get rid of hatred and resentment and bitterness from your heart. And you become more pure and pure and pure and holy. That's why revival is related to holiness. Related to transformation to become more like Christ. Amen? The Holy Spirit will give you the fruit and the gift of the Spirit. John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. The wind means the Holy Spirit. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So it's everyone who is born of the Spirit. Once you stay in revival long enough, you begin to flow with the wind of the Spirit. You have two choices every single day. Listen carefully. Your way or His way. Everyone say, my way, His way. Who going to lead you to His way? The Holy Spirit. If you are in revival, you are so filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be led by the Spirit and you're going to say no to your own way. Sometimes your own way means slap on that person's face or gossip about that person. But the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 don't slap. Love. You're going to follow your way or the Spirit way. Look at Paul. Paul followed the Spirit way. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Sometimes God may forbid you not to associate with certain people. That happened to me all the time. Somebody come and want to be having business with me and God say, no, don't get involved. You're going to be in trouble. God forbids me and I have to either follow my way or his way. And when I obey the Holy Spirit, I get out of trouble. Because God knows the future. God told Paul where to go. He followed the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many people say God's way? We need to be hungry for the presence of God. And what stopped the move of God? What stopped the move of God is the loss of hunger. Can Christians stay in revival for a few months and disappear? Yes. They have lost the hunger. They think that they have arrived. They become complacent. They did not watch their heart. They became like, just say, 
คริสเตราเซรา whatever will be will be I don't care anymore I just enjoy making money and live my own life I know my name is recorded in the book of life I don't care about changing and becoming like Jesus anymore that's why only the 120 disciple were hungry to wait for 10 days for the move of God God may ask us to make some adjustment in revival God may deal with us to repent If we repent, we move on from glory to glory to glory. But if we are stubborn and fight with God, we pull back and stay out of revival. Revival is much better. It's much better for you to stay in the first love for Jesus, to be changed from glory to glory, to become like Christ, to have more faith, more love, to save soul. Stay in revival. I want to tell the New Hope International Church members: as long as Pastor Lau live, and I hope I can live to 120 years. Did I tell you this story? I make a will. I went to a Jewish lawyer, and he asked me a question because I have to plan the will: how long I gonna live? He asked me, "How long do you plan to live?" I say, "120 years." He said to me. Do you know that the Jewish people bless each other at the birthday time, 120 years to you? And it, that is in Genesis chapter 6. God say to Noah, "From now on, I will give the length of the flesh to mankind 120 years." But I'm not going to live 120 years in the bed. I'm going to be preaching the gospel at 120 years. Still serving God, Amen. I'm gonna stay in revival. This church gonna stay in revival as long as I live, because I'm convinced by what the Bible say that revival, the move of God, is good for the church. We're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to come. We're gonna be a part of revival all over the world. Right now, God opened the door in Thailand, in Germany, in Switzerland. Definitely, I'm not for every country because I have limited time. Thank God, I'm not for every country. I cannot fly all over the place. But whatever God opened the door, everywhere we go, gonna be revival. Gonna be the move of God. Will not be just a religion and tradition and programs. God gonna move over there, wherever we go. Amen. Revival is about changes. We must not stop the wind of God in this generation. If you don't want revival, God gonna bring revival to another place. The move of God gonna be stronger in the end time because the Bible say the glory of the end time church gonna be stronger than the early church. We are entering the era of big revival. I want to be the man who catch the wind of God. I want to be a part of the revival in the end time. I don't want to stop revival. I want to be a part of the end time revival, and our church going to be in that part as well. Amen. We're going to stay in revival, and one thing we need to be careful: the second thing that will quench revival. Number one, lack of hunger. Number two, false teaching, and lack of the word of God. The church is built on the foundation of the word of God. If we don't teach the word, 
the right kind of word, not false teaching, revival will stop one day, because brother and sister will come to look for experiences only, look for feelings, laughing, falling, shaking, goosebump, but they don't have any uh, the word of God as foundation. Eventually, revival will be gone. That's why we teach the word of God strongly. And we don't welcome any false teaching into the church. The Holy Spirit is grieved when people follow the false teaching and give honor to the evil spirit. I notice one thing that sometimes preachers don't know the manifestation of demons. Because I'm Thai by nature, I grew up with a country that we play with demons. I know how demons work. I used to play with demons in Thailand since I was young. I can tell right away this is Holy Spirit and this is demon. I can tell. What happened? Many revivals in America stop because the preachers start to think that the manifestation of demons are of the Holy Spirit. So they began to give honor to demons, and what happened? The Holy Spirit was quenched and grieved. He left, and revival died. So, as a preacher, you have to be able to differentiate. The manifestation of demon and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and if it's demon, you have to kick them out. That's what happened in Thailand when we moved in the fire. I can tell many pastor who walk with me. They say to me, "How can you tell? I, I don't know why. I, I I can tell even just look at the eyes, and I know right away this man has demon, and I have to cast him out. I don't play game. I don't let demon to come and take a show off in the church." Like a chicken or or barking like a dog. No, Holy Spirit will not bark like a dog. He's God. He's not dog. He's not chicken. He's not snake. That is demon. Amen. I give you one example of the manifestation of demon, and people think that is from the Holy Spirit. This manifestation, you jerk when we lay hand, and the person. Jerk like this—that is not the Holy Spirit. That is demon, demonic. If I see that, I command right away. Go right now, and they go. Amen. I don't play game with this evil spirit. I don't honor them in the meeting. Get out of here. Get out of this building. If you want to move in revival, you need to know the work of demons, because one job of the fire of God is to kick demon out of people, to clean them up. By the way. There is a doctrine that Christian don't have demon because we have the Holy Spirit. It's totally wrong. Because according to Jesus' word, we need to, in the name of Jesus, cast out demons. We cannot cast out demon from non-believers. Think about it. If I cast out demon from non-believers, they will get worse in a few days. Seven times will come back. We can cast out demon only from believers, only from Christians. Amen. The fire of God will not work in non-believers very well because they are not ready for sanctification. And it just happened to me in Thailand. I lay hand on one lady about ten times. She keep coming out, and I wonder why nothing happened to her. And she kept complaining that nothing happened to her. And later on, I asked the man who brought her to the meeting. The man say, "Oh, she is not safe." Teaches a Buddhist. That's why Holy Spirit cannot work in her. He has to pull off from 
touching this woman because if he touch her, cast out demon, she's going to get worse in a few days. Demon will come back seven times. Is that right? Do you remember what Jesus said? So casting out demon is for the church. It's not for the people on the street. You don't go out to the street and meet non-believer and cast them out. No, no, no. Happen in the local church. God wants to cleanse his church. God wants to make his church as a holy bride. So the fire come to get rid of the work of the flesh, the work of demonic spirit, and the work of the world, and clean his church to be holy and pure like Jesus Christ. Revival, the move of God, is still needed today and to stay until Jesus comes back. Amen? You may think that this church is weird. But it's okay to be weird in the eyes of man, but it's normal in the eyes of God. That's all he called. We have to follow the Bible. Amen? As a preacher, I cannot fear man. I need to fear God. So I need to tell you the truth. You take it or you reject it. Amen? So I pray that you are hungry and you say that God is not enough. I need to be changed more. I want to stay in revival all the days of my life. I want the the fire of God to touch me. Don't think that you have graduated. Don't think that you have arrived. You have not. You still have a long way to become like Christ. I have a long way as well. We all going to walk through this journey together. And the person that can help us to change and grow is the Holy Spirit. My job is to preach the truth. But his job, the Holy Spirit, is to touch you, transform you, burn the junk out of you, cleanse you, give you a new heart, renew you, move you from glory to glory to glory by the Spirit of God. Amen? Sanctify you. Sanctification of the Spirit. Amen. One thing that I would like to encourage you, to connect to the Holy Spirit is much easier for the new believers than the old believers. Why? Because new believers who came from Buddhism or come from non-church background have no idea about church life. They come in, they hook up right away. But all believers who come from the church that don't believe in the fire, we have to think very hard. We have to pray about it. Because this is not my usual practice as a Christian for 20 years. So it takes some time to get the breakthrough into the Holy Spirit. If you are older believers who come from traditional background. But I noticed one thing. If you just keep Pressing in, keep coming back to be touched on a regular basis. You're going to get deeper, faster to be touched, change faster, because it takes practice to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit. Everyone say practice. It takes time to practice the Holy Spirit. If you're new believers, piece of cake. But old believers, it takes time to break down all the tradition that you used to, the way, the Christian practice that you used to live on for a long time, it takes some time. But you have to get the breakthrough. 
that the Holy Spirit fire will come come true to you. Amen. Amen. Another thing I want to explain quickly. There is a spirit of fear, spirit of faith, and spirit of revival. If you hang out with people who are negative about the Holy Spirit, hang out with people who are against revival, that spirit that against the Holy Spirit gonna always come on you. So if you come here every two months, three months, and you go back home to hang around with people who are against the fire, it's very hard for you to get a breakthrough. Because you go back, you get all that booster of negativity against the Holy Spirit. And you come here only one time in two months, but the rest you stay with people who are against the Holy Spirit. It's going to be very hard for you to get a breakthrough. That's why the Bible talks about company in the book of Acts. You go back to your own company. Whatever company you have, going to be like that. You hang out with people who have faith, you're going to be faith people. You hang out with people who love the Holy Spirit, you're going to be Holy Ghost people. You hang out with people who love the fire, you're going to be people who love the fire. Amen? So this all factors involved. It's not just about my anointing. It's about your background, your training in the past of your Christian walk in the church, and your companion or your association. You associate with people against, you're going to struggle. Your faith up and down. Yes, no, yes, no, because you heard all the negative things. So you have to be careful. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. You hear negative things, you believe in the negative things. Amen? Understand? So your job is to press in, get hungry, want to change, want to be transformed, and say, God, I'm tired of my old life. I want to be changed. I want you to come in and touch me and change me. I don't want to be the same. And then yield for the fire to burn. Yield to the wind to blow in your life. You need to make a decision. I don't want to be the same. I want to be changed from today on. And keep changing and changing until I become like Christ. That is your attitude that you need to come to God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching your church regarding the fire and the wind of the Spirit and staying in revival. Lord, we believe you still pour out your Holy Spirit upon our flesh. Those who are hungry shall be touched. Those who are desperate for the things of God shall be changed. Lord, I pray that you shall open the spiritual eyes of listeners today that they will see the needs of revival in their life, Lord. They will not back off. They will not listen to the negative word of Satan that speak against the Holy Spirit, Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. The outpouring, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire all the days of our life, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May I have the microphone quickly? Olivia, can you come and tell people after you come into the fire what happened to you? Olivia, before I lay hand on you. Quickly. 
Olivia came to the church for a few months from the non-revival background, and she got touched by the fire. Your sister even amazed what you ch- your change. Actually, I came from a Mormon background, and I found this church. Actually, my friend took me here, Jackie, right there. So, um, my life really has changed. Um, I can't think of anything now. To say, um, it has changed so much. Um, I used to be very impatient. Very, I get angry easily. Um, after I was touched by the fire of God, I've changed a lot. Um, also, with my sister, I always ha- I have this love hate relationship. Um, well, now I'm cleaning her house, so <laughs> so yes, Praise definitely, God. my life has changed ever since I started so, coming to this church. Mm. Um, I actually also have a um, social phobia, and. Um, at first, I didn't go to uh, Bible study at all. I'm like, uh-uh. I don't want to see. I don't want to meet new people. I'm like afraid. But I'm a lot better now. Um, I think it's very important to um, have that um, fellowship with um, other believers. So mm-hmm. thank God I found this church. And uh, praise I'm God. So happy to be here. <laughs> you need another one, another fire. Come here, Olivia. Come here. Let me pray for you. Jackie, too. Come here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hand up. Yes, Lord. May the fire of God fall and touch your daughters here, Lord. Touch them. Fill them. (laughs) Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, Lord. Fill them. Fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Fill them right now. Touch them. Fire. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206 You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com To them all gathered in your name I live to you